it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Raj Gopalan, 
Peter V.S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg. Explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG guys. Hello and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSP, and when I'm not co-hosting this podcast along with my partners, I serve as Partnership Acceleration Lead at Flywheel Digital, the leading managed services business that helps brands grow their e-commerce. Accompanying me today for our conversation is my fellow co-founder of the CPG Guys. Please listen to his daughter's music at riaraj.com. Link in the liner note to this episode. He joins me today from his home high atop the San Andreas Fault in Southern California. Please join me in welcoming my partner in crime, my co-pilot, and of course, my best friend. He's the man known as Shri. Shri, how are you faring with these earthquakes and hurricanes? It's like the Wizard of Oz, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, what's going on? You know, drip, drip, boom, boom, rattle, rattle, seven seconds. That's the story of last weekend. I'll tell you, Peter, I've never felt anything like it. Sitting on the dining table, it was like a bomb went off under my feet. And I literally experienced the line or the earthquake, whatever you call it, 5.5 near us in Ojai, California, moving from one side of the house to the other side of the house. And it all lasted only seven seconds that fast. Crazy, man. But all good here. Real property can be replaced. Humans cannot. Humans are great. Everyone's alive. Everyone's happy. I know you've got a contractor coming to address some of the repercussions of Sunday's little cataclysmic event. But in any event, I'm glad to have you here today, Shri. Uh, I hope you managed to swing by the 7-Eleven on Ventura Boulevard near your home and pick yourself up a big gulp because we've got a related treat today on today's episode. Before we get to our guest, I'll remind everyone to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify. If you're on those in particular, please give us a rating. It helps feed the algorithm and make our podcast more findable. And of course, we want you to write a review while you're there so we know what you like us to talk about. We want to express how honored we are to be rated the number one CPG podcast for over two years running, according to Feedspot, the leading podcast ranking authority. And we're very pleased to have join us in the top 30, our sister cast, CPG Scoop, CPG Fast Forward, and the FMCG guys. Sure, you know, we're also now ranked in the top 50 podcasts for marketing in North America, according to Chartable. Chartable, wow, that's another great one to add to our roster. And of course, we're really happy to be formal sponsors of Next Up, formerly known as Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance all women in business. All three of the CPG guys will be appearing at the Next Up Summit, happening in Chicago late September. Links to our podcast, our sister cast, our landing page on Next Up, they can all be found in the digital liner notes of this episode. So let's get to the main event. Sally Shree. Retail media is an emerging and important channel for advertisers to reach relevant audiences with meaningful messaging up and down the marketing funnel. We talk about this on over 50 episodes, Shree, of this great podcast. When one thinks of retailers with high purchase frequency and attributable sales data, one's mind will typically gravitate to grocers or even mass merchants where consumers are shopping across a broad portfolio of categories on a very frequent basis, allowing for the development of very refined behavioral audiences. Convenience also presents advertisers with a similar ability to reach high-purchase frequency shoppers in consumable categories, particularly associated with specific day part consumption patterns. 7-Eleven is world-renowned as the leader in convenience retail. 
striving to be the first choice for convenience for their customers anytime, anywhere. Based in Irving, Texas, 7-Eleven operates franchises and or licenses more than 13,000 stores in the USA and Canada. In addition to 7-Eleven stores, 7-Eleven Inc. operates and franchises Speedway, Stripes, Laredo Taco Company, and Raise the Roost Chicken and Biscuits locations. In a recent Convenience Channel report published by Flywheel Retail Insights, plug for my own company, 7-Eleven ranked as the largest retail convenience operator in the world with more than three times the revenue compared to the next largest competitor. Wow, Sheree, that's big. I met our guest earlier this year at Shop Talk in Las Vegas. Uh, his career has taken him from mortgage and loans to 11 years at the late great Shopco, followed by four years at Michael's working in consumer insights and analytics before joining 7-Eleven nearly three years ago. He now leads 7-Eleven's emerging retail media business known as Gulp. Remember, Sri, how I told you, go get your big Gulp, Gulp Media Network. He's here to share with us all the value that 7-Eleven is bringing to advertisers through its retail media offering. Please join Sri and me in welcoming to the podcast, Ben Tinor. Hey, Ben, how are you? Welcome. Peter, uh, thanks so much for that great intro. Uh, I'm in Texas, as you mentioned, so it's hot. Uh, spoiler, but uh, I'm super excited to be here with uh, you both, Sri and Peter. Sri, if I can comment, uh, the story you mentioned on the earthquakes, and but here you are recording Reminds me, right, there's a famous Lauren Michaels line that the show doesn't go on when it's ready. The show goes on because it's 1130 on Saturday night. And so thank you much for uh, sharing time with me this morning. And Ben, isn't that the story of our times now? Retail media is the hottest topic in CPG and retail in our industry. And the show must go on. Products must be featured. They must be on sponsored ads. People got to be able to find them through all the various assets. And I can't wait for you to unpack it. Ben, we appreciate making the time to speak with Shree and me. We're excited to get into the conversation. Perhaps you could start us off by giving our audience a brief overview of Gulp Media Network. You know, what's the origin story and what's your role in building out this powerful advertising channel? I'd love to. Thank you so much. So Gulp Media Network is part of a suite of tools we've developed at 7-Eleven that we've developed with an eye on solving marketing and insights-driven problems uh, challenges, opportunities for our CPG partners. And we can touch on them, but what we've really tried to do is enable the tools that will allow them to better understand customers, uh, innovate, and market to them. Uh, obviously, we have data to support that and measurability that I hope we'll get into, of course, but that's the broad picture of what we're trying to do. Thank you for that, Ben. Uh, in the digital liner notes of this episode, we're going to include links to your LinkedIn profile and 7-Eleven's LinkedIn page so our listeners can access this and they can multitask while they're listening to you talk about your business and they can learn more about you and your background. So let's get to the questions. I'm going to kick it off. It would be great for us to understand a little bit more about you, Ben, before we dig into Gulp Media Network. So could you highlight for us what you think are some of the pivotal roles that you really consider to be most helpful in preparing you for the evolution that has led you to leading commercialization of Gulp Media Network? I'd love to. I came to retail, uh, you mentioned some of my pre-retail experience, and I'm happy to not talk about it, honestly, but I came to retail as a finance guy. And I still talk about that with my marketing and insights friends now. And the, the language I like to use is our finance and accounting friends are the ones who write the report card of the business. 
We should know the language they're using. We should understand how we're being scored and measured, right? And so I keep bringing that acumen, if you will, to uh, the marketing execution and strategy and planning. And again, uh, foreshadowing as, as surely we'll talk measurement. But since then, uh, a, a series of opportunities that I've been excited about. That then pivoted me to marketing financial planning. So building out that budget. And then, of course, you quickly get to a measurement of campaigns. How effective were they and how did customers engage with them, which naturally leads you to marketing strategy and how are you allocating precious resources? And, and, and that gets you then immediately to marketing execution, which you'll notice I never actually get to as creative. I don't know if we simulcast, pardon me, I listen on the podcast, but if we're not simulcast, I'm follically challenged. I wear glasses and I wear a button down shirt. Creative isn't my bag, but the execution and strategy and the uh, analytics, all of that comes through. And I'm excited to bring that all to bear as we've launched Gulp Media Network over this last year. Ben, Shri and I are very proud to have faces that were built for podcasting. So uh, no worries there. Thank you. As Peter lovingly says, we have radio faces. But Ben, first of all, welcome to the CPG guys, and thank you for making time to join us on today's episode. I got to start by telling you first, I just love the word Gulp Media Network. I think it's unique. It's different, but it kind of speaks to the importance of beverages in 7-Eleven's ecosystem as well. And the word just sounds refreshing to me. Uh, it's fun to hear another fellow industry or if there was such a word with an insights background and really focused on measurement as uh, one of the love areas. And when it comes to creativity, you and I, I think we share the same aspect. You spoke glasses. I'm doing the same exact thing. Peter's the creative one over here. I'm just the pretty one. That's what they say. All that said, Ben, I think we should start this off by asking you something very important, which is Try to really understand the dimensionalization and the scale of Gulf Media Network's audience reach, frequency, and then what is the transaction asset that backs all this up? You know, seven rewards has existed as far as my mind can go back forever. And um, now it's called the seven now delivery platform. I got to imagine the seven now delivery platform is that anchor that I speak to. So dimensionalize, scale, and then tell us about the seven now delivery platform. Yeah, I'd love to. And so you're right. The rewards data is critical, but let's pan back out just a half step here. From a volume and scale point of view, we service more than 10 million customers every day. And I know on a, on a recent episode, I heard uh, another brand mention a similar number and a similar frequency, right? What we also have is uh, nationwide coverage. This isn't shocking relative to you look in your neighborhood, but still the number jars me. More than half of U.S. households are within two miles of one of our stores. Peter, you mentioned the three banner names, 7-Eleven stores, Speedway stores, Stripe stores. And right, how fragmented our business is, you can see one in your town and then not see the other. And so all of them tie into the same data set. Shri, to your point on, on the rewards program, Seven Rewards and Speedy Rewards are the backbone of that customer data. Seven now is important. If I can build on that, seven now is important and we get rich data from that. But as you can imagine, the great majority of C store interaction isn't delivery. And so that's not the narrow boundary of the data set we're dealing with. We're dealing with all of the in store shopping as well, right? Thank you for that, Ben. That's very helpful. So 
What types of advertisers are going to find Gulp Media Network particularly appealing as a marketing channel? You know, is it all about immediate consumption, food and beverages, or is it more and why is it more for them? Sure. Uh, it's a lot of immediate consumption, food and beverage, as you can imagine. Immediate consumption is interesting. In a lot of cases, it's an additive customer to the mass or grocery channel. Right, The kind of individual who every day is getting a cold ready to drink right now, they're generally not buying that product 24 at a time in aisle 14, right? So on the one hand, often it's an additive customer. And so if you put yourself in the shoes of that CPG, if you want to cover the market of customers for your category, you need to touch on the cohort who's shopping grocery mass and you need to reach those immediate consumption guys, right? The other nuance, so it's not all of the customers are additive, some of them overlay, it is certainly a different customer mission. So customers are in both banners from time to time. So we really view living side by side and, and candidly both past and future. We've got plans. We often speak next to a grocer or a mass in a pretty collaborative way because we're both serving customers who have the same uh, CPG user. Then, So that's obviously the categories in our product, and they're all the ones you would guess. It's a lot of carbonated soft drink and energy and water and sweet and salty snacks. But in, you allude to it. I'll use the jargon. Uh, there's also non-endemic partners who are interested, particularly when our audience aligns well with their interests. And a, a couple that come to mind that are top of stack for us, travel and cars, maybe for two reasons, I suppose. Naturally, the C-store customer skews young, right? Again, the same kind of behaviors happen. And then cars, uh, that also ties into young. And for those of you who follow the 7-Eleven owned social media channels, you'll see that there's a heavy overlay of car culture with our customer base. And that then plays out in the automotive business generally. So there's both uh, endemic and non-endemic opportunities in our advertising our brand partners uh, uh, see value in that reach. Shri, did you have endemic and non-endemic on your podcast bingo card today? Because I did, and I just scored big time. Thank you, Ben. I got it on my notes. That's excellent. I'm, I'm happy to uh, pull the winner for you. So um, speaking of moving into advertising, endemic, non-endemic, car-based cultures, audience skewing younger, for that very audience, what are the primary on-site or app-based capabilities for advertising for brands that Gulp Media Network is offering? And then do you see Gulp Media Network as upper funnel, middle funnel, lower funnel, full funnel? Where do you think a majority of the capabilities are? For example, in the retail media world in grocery, primarily it focused on search and middle to lower funnel. Sure, of course. Um, let me take that in reverse order. At some maturity here, we see it as full funnel. And then it's interesting, when we've launched retail media, we obviously looked at what's happening elsewhere in the world. What are the big guys doing in this and that? I say this to not name names. We all know the names. And Shri, you pointed exactly at a lot of where their inventory is and where they lead with. And as I like to say, if I woke up in those states, I would probably do something like that. But we alluded to this. The great majority of immediate consumption customer behavior or C-store customer behavior is in-store. So our customer behavior is different than an awful lot of those channels, and so are our inventory. And so what we've really led with, uh, what we launched last year with was off-site digital, programmatic, the socials, 
and we can go down that path. And what we think is relevant and, and I suppose critical is the Venn diagram of two things here. Venn diagram, look at me in the jargon. Maybe that's on a business card. The two things here, we think about what our inventory is from the point of view of how our customers engage with the brand and the products. And then we think about what assets are helpful to our CPG brands. They can run a social campaign without uh, a partner. What they struggle with is to target based on a user or measure the uh, lift from it, right? And so the way we've led Galt Media Network is to tie our purchase data into that offsite digital to enable them to target and create measurability. You know, if you give me analysis of covariate, I can scream out bingo next. So I'm very excited about this. You, you, you nailed it with a Venn diagram. He shares the love for Venn diagrams with our vice president. I don't know if you knew that. Just Google vice president Venn diagram. Let me remind our audience that Shri and I are speaking today with Ben Tinor, director of Gulp Media Network, the retail media division of 7-Eleven. Okay, Ben, why don't you walk us through some of the offsite partnerships that Gulp Media Network has established and the value you see with these partners bringing to advertisers seeking to leverage the 7-Eleven shopper audience that you've already indicated is quite vast. Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned programmatic and the socials and everyone knows the names. As we're now here in the second half of 23, we're also adding in other offsite elements like uh, mobile in-app advertising, like CTV, like streaming audio. So the full suite there, but again, still offsite. And then if I can pivot, we are uh, in the way of expectations. We are scaling up in-store. I guess the way to think about it is in-store um, not digital advertising. Earlier this year uh, at P2PI, we discussed that we're launching in-store radio and we'll be scaling that next year. And again, as I think about how our customers engage with the C-Store channel, that in-store radio strikes us as very analogous to paid search. Digitally, it doesn't work the same, but it's the same moment in the transaction where the customer is being presented with that message as they're standing at the cooler door. The image that I, I often talk about is we've all stood at that wall of cooler doors. There's eight doors. There's 500 bottles. You're only going to choose one. Hearing that message for one brand versus another, that's the lower funnel point of purchase decision time that obviously you'd want to interject. And I, I welcome if you see it differently, but that strikes us as very analogous to that paid search kind of uh, opportunity, right? Yep, Ben. Earlier this year, we spoke with Andrew Lipsman at Insider Intelligence about the rise of in-store retail media, and we're really happy to hear that that's something 7-Eleven's thinking about. We've talked at length about the fact that driving personalization in-store is challenging in many ways unless you're doing it through a mobile app. And so I think the fact that you bring such incredible scale of 13,000 stores, an enormous footprint, you mentioned how close they are to most people in this country. And the fact that you're targeting an audience that's rather young, a group that is predominantly moving towards a classification called unreachable, which means they've cut the cable, they're no longer consuming linear television, they're no longer consuming print media, but they are still coming to your store for their coffee in the morning. Wow, if you can deliver a meaningful, not necessarily a personalized, but a meaningful 
branding experience to drive activation, I think that will be quite appealing to CPG brands looking to advertise within the four walls of your store. Shri, I'll pass it on to you. I'm very intrigued by the in-store radio network. I'm going to go to a 7-Eleven this weekend and actually pay close attention and try to size up myself what sort of opportunities because if you start thinking about geo-tracking for the consumers that have opted to use the app and feel that it's okay, that can be a little bit of a game changer in terms of while they're close to the beverage cooler, the, as you mentioned, Ben, the choices that they're presented with is significant to be able to hear that message or when they're browsing a snacking aisle, a salty snack versus a sweet to be a very contextual could be a little bit of a game changer in the convenience industry period. The next logical obvious question, Ben, is going to be measurement. If the capabilities exist, endemic, non-endemic, if, you know, in the future somewhere that geo-tracking happens and it can be contextual, how would you measure these things? And um, given that the budgets that CPGs will bring to the table will require justification for ROI and they'll have to have ROI like linear TV, print, all those things from the past, what are you making available to brands to drive confidence that it's the right thing to do in the middle and lower funnel activation? Great question, Sri. So there's a few things that come together here. I mentioned the a suite of tools. One of them, and now I'll call out by name, is C-Shopper, which is our analytics platform where all of our customer data and all their transaction data live. So that's great on its own for all of its virtues, and we won't go down that path. The reason I bring it up here is when we think about all those display logs for all that off-site media, those display logs we bring back into C-Shopper. So the same platform that our partners can mine for transactions and customers, they can cut by exposure data and measure the efficacy of campaigns. We partner with Circana because we believe in the virtue of third party. But honestly, our partners don't even have to believe Circana on the subject. They can log into the platform and do their own measurements, attribution, however they want to think about it for all of that offsite. And so it, we've really tried to develop that as, again, transparent and customer focused. I probably need to think about this different. In this context, customer CPG focused, meeting their data needs, because you're absolutely right, Shree. Every dollar they spend advertising with our channel is a dollar from some other point in the marketing allocation. I alluded to that background that I had earlier and understanding that there are limited resources and you have to make those choices, right? Um, when we get to in-store, we won't have obviously the same measurement because, Peter, as you mentioned, it's not personalized in a one-to-one -one trackable way, but we can do robust test and control across the 13,000 stores. We understand when it runs and we understand when the uh, sale happens. So we can do a lot of near-end linkage minutes away. How much attribution do you want to give to an ad played Tuesday at noon to a sale that happened Thursday? If you're asking me, not much. But if it played Tuesday at noon and we should count the sale that happened uh, you know, four minutes later, that seems pretty well correlated, right? So measurement is uh, critical, and we, we know that we need to tie together the exposure data and the sales data, candidly, in a way that the CPGs want to look at it. And they don't all look at it the same, and that's okay. 
You know, Ben, before I get to my next question, a quick little follow-up. So you mentioned C-Shop or your data asset. I've got to imagine that the advertisers that have access to this are using it as a preliminary way to even size audiences. So they understand, is the audience that I'm looking to reach even meaningful enough for me to want to reach them? And it helps them establish how refined an audience they really want to get to, because if it's too small it either isn't going to move the needle or they can't even measure it. So I've got to imagine those are kind of things that you guide them on leveraging C-Shopper as a mechanism to prepare for their campaign development. That's absolutely right. Uh, Whether you think of that nationally or whether you think about that targeted in, say, a versioned market or something, sometimes there's limited edition product in a particular market that you're, you're trying to put a push behind. But all of that is right. And I spoke of it. Obviously, there's a thousand things you analytically can do with that data set, but you're exactly right. You can use to understand what's the size of this particular prize as you think about allocation of budget and what lift is reasonable to expect, and then measure it. You don't have to believe what you expected. You see what happened. The one other thing, if I can build on measurement, what's interesting to us, it's not necessarily great for a, a retail brand, but it is true, and we're nothing if not honest about this. We see in the publicly available geo-tracking data, so anyone can go get it, right? A C-Store customer, it's true of our three brands, it's true of all the other brands that you see around there, the retail brands now. A C-Store customer shops six other C-Store brands, and that doesn't count, so that's just C-Store. The cold carbonated beverage, the cold energy drink, et cetera, et cetera, you all shop. You can buy that in lane at the hardware store, You can buy that in lane at the clothing store. You can buy that in lane at the grocery store. So what we find is in addition to the measured lift that we see in our box, we generate lift in those other boxes as well. And again, this is where we put ourselves in the shoes of what opportunities or challenges exist for our CPG partners. And because of the fragmented nature of the C-Store space, we didn't mention the numbers, depending on who you believe, there's 150,000 C-Stores, right? 150,000. We're the number one market share guy with 13 or so percent. It's just super fragmented. And so as a CPG, you can never buy all the brands, partly because they don't all exist, but you could never manage that many channels. So what's great then about the customer behavior is our list generates lift at that Northeast brand, at that Southeast brand, at that Midwest brand, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Ben, that is really incredible. I have, for the last couple of years, heard CPG brands talk about the advertising they place in that notable pure play retailer based out of the Pacific Northwest and the impact that it has on sales through brick and mortar retailers other than that particular pure play. What you're telling me is the power of Gulp Media Network is you can influence purchasing at other brick and mortar retailers because of your incredible scale, your audience, and you are able to use the geo tracking to understand what exactly is going on. That is phenomenal. That's really good. Shri, your thoughts? Love that, right? Uh, the geo tracking one I've already mentioned, Peter, is intriguing me a lot, right? I'm going to go. Listen to the in-store radio network this weekend. Uh, when you mentioned that, you know, the competitive set could be six other brands, I didn't think of it that way, but it's making sense to me right now. And the Halo Lift 
while many will struggle to understand it actually seems quite straightforward to me that there would be a halo lift when someone's at a hardware store because they may actually be thinking of the jingle from the c-store radio network not that c-store radio network that you have is the only way that they can get a ad delivered but i just gave that simple example so ben uh what news do you have to share with our audience today about the continued roadmap for Gulp Media Network that you think will be of particular interest to our highly CPG-focused audience? I'd love it. So I mentioned, well, as I think about channels coming online, and Sheree, I love that you're going to go check out your local store. I mentioned we're scaling that next year. We've got radio in a few hundred stores now. It might be your store. It might not be. But either way, then, as I say, what, what we'll be scaling that out nationally next year. So don't be disappointed if, uh, you know, your results may vary, right? Also, in the spirit of uh, those in-store channels, a bit further down the track, a lot of people talk about screens in-store. We'll talk about that, too. We think of that as next on the roadmap, as in after radio. So we'll, we'll get to that. And then expanding our partnership with screens out at the pump. Obviously, there's five or 6,000 of our stores with fuel so you have that captive audience for a few minutes of attention and an ability to message right there. The other piece in terms of roadmap, out of channel now, I alluded to measurement. We are testing measurement partners to specifically uh, get a read on how much is that rest of market lift. So right, as we talked about a moment ago, we know there is some. We'd like to uh, graduate beyond knowing there is some to actually measuring it and seeing it. So we're testing that uh, in the second half this year and, and uh, should be scaling that quickly where it's relevant to our brand partners. Wow. Video at the gas pump. Sheree, I don't know about you, but I'm already thinking about when I know when I go to fill up my tank at a 7-Eleven, I enter my seven rewards number so I can get my wonderful discount. I think about the ability to then, now that they know who I am, personalize that video. There's a really great mechanism in place. I'll let you ask the last question. You know, this episode is uh, making me think, now I'm going to listen to the radio network. We're in California. California is the first to test everything. Odds are it's in the store, but I will report back. Now I'm going to pay a little bit more closer attention to the pump screen as well. I'm intrigued, Ben, why you said a partnership with the pump screen, because doesn't 7-Eleven actually uh, have proprietary rights to those pump screens? We have a partnership with an org named GSTV, and they help us with, obviously, the content and well, the, the entire loop, the technology to content. But we think there's still certainly scale and opportunity there to grow that, both from the point of view of, uh, call it screens nationwide, so reach and, and whatnot, and then from the point of view of what's that messaging mix look like. So that's what I meant, or I use the word uh, expand. Awesome. Here on the CPG, guys, the last question is always the same, and we call it fast forward. And that means, Ben, the simple question is, what are the areas for growth and innovation for the network? So we really think retail media is a great construct by which uh, retailers and brands can better partner than maybe they always have historically. We think that oftentimes, maybe all the time, but oftentimes we have aligned goals. We may not have always had aligned strategies and allocations of budget and measurement methodology and this and that. And so this is where I tie together the suite of tools where we have measurement and analytics capabilities. I didn't mention it, but I'll throw in here briefly. We've got a research arm that lets you conduct first-party research against those same customers in a closed-loop way that I can understand the purchase behavior and the stated answers. 
Uh, and then obviously the marketing channels to uh, communicate to them. And these are all intended to be collaborative offers to our CPG partners, because at the end of the day, what's best for us as a retailer is vibrant CPG partners with innovative new products that are driving customer demand and traffic. So in that regard, right, we have aligned goals, but we can partner together continually on on leveraging these assets to achieve those goals. Wow. Quantitative research associated with the behavioral segmentation of consumers. Shri, I, I, I didn't get the one bingo that I wanted, but I think that gives me another one in a different direction. So I'll let you add the last comment. And Ben, I want to make sure what I heard is what we communicate here on the CPG guys. What I heard in when you answered about what's next and fast forward is a willingness to partner with brands in being able to somewhat build this together and uh, ensure that for brands, when they choose to advertise on Gulp, they get the maximum output, the best ROI, and that willingness is there. Is that a fair statement? That's absolutely fair. I'd like to think we put our money where our mouth is in terms of this is where we mentioned that shopping behavior at other banners, not ours. I suppose if if we 7-Eleven could wave a wand and make that not true, I suppose for 7-Eleven, that would be good. But it is the truth that it happens. It's reality. And lo and behold, if I put myself in the shoes of my advertising partners, it's good for them, period, full stop. And so we do think about how to uh, help them grow their business because the line I say to my kids is it's enlightened self-interest, right? It's not just that we're saints. It's that it's good for us to have vibrant, growing CPG partner brands with innovative new pipeline of product. Wow. Not only is 7-Eleven customer-centric in terms of people coming into their stores and shopping, Gulp Media Network is customer-centric in terms of delivering value to its CPG and advertising customers. That is tremendous. I'd like to remind our audience to visit cpgguys.com where you can find all of our content. We organize our episodes by topics. You can filter on things like retail media, insights, DEI, uh, ESG, whatever it is that you want. It's easy to find the episodes there. And if you think your company has some thought leadership contribute to our ongoing community discussion, drop us an email at contact at cpgguys.com. Maybe you can join us for a future episode of this podcast. And of course, when you're on cpgguys.com, don't forget to drop us a rating on the navigation bar at the top. And of course, thank you to the nearly 25,000 followers we have on LinkedIn. We are so honored that you choose us to help educate and entertain you about this interesting omni-channel digital journey we're all on. We're greatly appreciative that you show trust in us. Ben, we want to thank you for coming on and talking to us about 7-Eleven's Gulp Media Network. We learned a lot today. This is an area that we have not explored, and you bringing us expertise from you know the Mac Daddy of everything convenience in the world, uh, that was the definitive way to educate us on how convenience retail and 7-Eleven are playing a major role in the development of retail media. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Shree, it's such a pleasure to be with you and your audience today. Hey, Shree, uh, I know you were taking a lot of notes, so I'm going to pass it over to you to give us some of the summary points. I know you've got a probably triple-sided 
piece of paper there. But why don't you give us some of the salient points that you heard Ben sharing with our audience today? First of all, Peter, I'll start up top. This is the first time we've had someone from the Seastro channel. So it's awesome that now we're moving in that direction and we can actually speak to immediate consumption. When Ben said, hey, I'm in Texas, he had me a little bit of hello because you guys know that I've spent a decade in Dallas right there working for Frito. And I've been to the 7-Eleven office many a times back in that role because I was in the immediate consumption of the dollar drug and convenience channel. I love the word gulp. For some reason, that is now in my head and it's going to stay there in my head as a great retail media network name. I just think the word gulp, refreshing beverages, they all come together. So when someone starts a topic saying, I come with the insights background and measurement is important to me, that's kind of your and my first job, right? And um, you worked for IRI, Peter, on the retail side. I did on the client side, brand side. That's how you and I met. So it brings back memories of that. And it's our background as well. We started up top by talking about how important the rewards data piece is, but more importantly, that 7-Eleven actually services 10 million consumers every single day. And I didn't know, but hey, odds are we may be living within two miles of uh, the network of 7-Eleven, whether it's that banner name or not, but within the network. What that really means is nationwide and global coverage. I asked a little bit about how the in-store data comes together, and Ben reminded us that the um, in-store scale is significant, and a large part of the Retail media network gulp should be focused on the in-store element and not just home delivery. Home delivery is a much smaller portion, needless to say. And I totally understand the why. And that the focus even for a brand is really around the immediate consumption occasion being paramount. Uh, Then we learned a little bit about what kind of consumer skewing young. The social media overlay actually comes back to a car culture. Now, of course, Ben, the third thing I'm going to do today is I'm going to go to 7-Eleven social media, which I've actually co-authored tweets for in the past. You know, I'm talking a 10-year-old story over here. But now I'm going to go get myself reacquainted with the car culture. And then we talked about endemic and non-endemic advertising, which makes a lot of sense. Full funnel, lower funnel, upper funnel, you are very clear. You are building towards a full funnel. You may not be 100% there now, but that is the goal. So brands can also introduce innovation perhaps up top on the upper funnel piece. Connected it back to both. Um, I love the reference you made to Venn diagrams. I was not joking when I said just Google president and Venn diagrams. There's a whole story over there and the importance of Venn diagrams. But the real point of that was connecting both on-site and off-site. And um, in the future, what we can look forward to as this keeps building, mobile ads on the app, website, streaming audio. We talked quite a bit about the in-store radio, which is scaling more in 2024. I think you said 150-odd stores today, and uh, it's very analogous to what we on retail media on a grocer would have called paid search. And um, I think that's very important because at the moment in the occasion, I'll take it one step further beyond a grocer's paid search because they're actually there ready to buy the product on the spot and go through the transactability, very different from a grocer where they may take it out of the cart. Then we talk about the C-Store shopper platform, the C-Shopper platform being the backbone of the data, the importance of it. People already have access to that today, but it'll automatically become the backbone. The shoppers also shop six other brands, which means in the measurement, one of the most important things I was going to ask you, but you answered before I did, is you're going to talk about the halo lift that it delivers in other places that they may choose to go complete there. 
transactability. And one such example you gave was of hardware. I'm thinking vending machines and places that they go to would probably be another one as well. And that's awesome that you see it in that spirit and you're not holding on to it must. The only place to buy is a 7-Eleven and that you understand that they have a choice. Although with 150K stores, you are the number one market share leader with 13% of the market approximately. Talk about what's next, screens in store, the importance of that. I genuinely, personally, Shri and the CPG guys believes screens in stores, the next bastion for retail media. So I'm looking forward to that. Your partnership with the pump being equally important because um, your partnership with GSTV, who does the content and tech for the pump, you got to bring that back into the store as well in some capacity once a consumer is ready to go. Geo-tracking obviously will be a piece of this. Obviously, when the consumer opts in and says it's okay, and uh, you wrapped it right at the bottom by saying you have a good willingness to work with brands on shaping Gulp's future so that it delivers maximum value. And one such way you will seek measurement is you're actively looking for partners who can assess lift in the rest of the market, and you're actually testing that in the second half of this year. How do I do, man? Couldn't have done it better myself. That was fantastic, Shri. Thank you, Shri, for that. You know, it reminded me of something that's about to happen. I know Grocery Shop is taking place in Las Vegas uh, next month. And what's fascinating is, you know, the first time I ever used the 7Now delivery platform, it was 2018. I was at my first grocery shop. It was being held at the Aria. I brought Zara along with me, my wife. She was pregnant at the time. And we were staying in the hotel room and she was desperately in need of a whole bunch of liquids and other things to eat. And what did I do? I, I didn't want to have to, one, pay the ridiculous fees at the convenience little store they have inside the casino. So I opened up my app and I said, better time than never. Let's get that order done. And I had a whole bunch of stuff delivered. It showed up within an hour and made everybody happy. And I used the story to dazzle some of the people that I was meeting with at the conference. So what a great story. If, if I can jump in there, it's great to hear you did that. For those of you who follow us on social media, you know, a year or two ago, we delivered a Slurpee to space, literally. So we can certainly deliver through Seven Now to uh, the Aria or a bazillion other places. Uh, do check that out, Seven Now. And now, Ben, you chose to bring it up, so you have to decompose for the audience what that means, delivering a slurpy to space. I don't know if it had a different lid, but uh, I do believe it was a beverage. Somehow, uh, we commissioned a trip to space as part of, I don't know if it was SpaceX or Blue Origin, but one of those guys on their satellite launches, uh, we got that in there, and we made a big deal in the socials when it happened. So I'm sure it, you know, what, what happens on the internet lives forever, so it, it's out there. I guess two ways, right? Absolutely. Well, thank you, Ben. Thank you, Shri. And to our audience, we're so appreciative that you joined us for today's episode. We look forward to speaking to you in a future episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. 
Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.